Now, Matthew 6, 25. Hear the words of our Lord Jesus now. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, could add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. So brothers and sisters, what is it that makes us upset? We see that sometimes our peace, our tranquility is disrupted. Uh, somehow we're just kind of worried, can't sleep at night. Thoughts are going through your head over and over again, whatever it is. What is it that tends to disrupt our peace and tranquility? Two things. Two things. Bewailing past disappointments or fearing future ones. Bewailing past disappointments, that is. Something didn't happen well in your life, and you're kind of upset about it. And you're concerned about what's going to happen now in the future. This comes about largely through crushed expectations. You had everything planned out, didn't go the way you planned it to go. There are bad things that you never expected to happen actually came to pass in your life. Or you had it all planned out that things were going to go very, very well, and it didn't go well. So crushed expectations are a very big, big part of it. And once previous expectations have been crushed, that may sour us on what will happen in the future. And you come to the point at which you doubt God. You doubt God's goodness, and you doubt Romans 8.28. Somebody gives you... Romans 8.28, you got to, yeah, right. All things work together for good so far, so bad. So so it is a doubting of the goodness of God that creeps in when we have been disappointed in the past and when we are concerned and fearing what will happen in the future. You've heard the story of the country boy who was in paratrooping school. I'm sure you've heard the story. You hung around me enough, but I'll give it to you one more time. Country boy shows up at paratrooping school and uh, he takes his notes, the lessons are pretty clear, jump out of the airplane, count to ten, pull the first ripcord, if it doesn't open, pull the second ripcord and there'll be somebody down there in a truck to pick you up. Well, he jumps out of the plane, he counts to ten, pulls the first ripcord, nothing happens. Pulls the second ripcord, nothing happens. And he thinks to himself, I bet that truck's not going to be down there to pick me up either. Now, the point here is this. The two initial disappointments led to a bad premonition. That's what happened. In other words, things weren't working out very well thus far. And so, you see, again, this is, this is a serious illustration. I guess it was a little humorous, but really this is what happens to us. Isn't it, brothers and sisters? I mean, does this happen to us? 
things don't go very well. First two t- times we get out there to experience something, and then we have a bad premonition for what will happen in the future. Now, what does this mean? This means that we are doubting God. This means that we don't believe that God is going to work things out for us. So I just have a very simple excitation for you today, and that is to trust God. That's pretty much it. Trust God. No matter what happens. Jump out of the airplane, pull the first ripcord, nothing happens. Pull the second ripcord, nothing happens. What do you do? Everybody say, trust God. Oh man, you're not saying that very loud. Everybody's a little bit scared, you know, like, that happens to me. I'm like, ah, panic. No, no, trust God. Trust God, brothers and sisters. We have got to trust God no matter what happens. We need to trust God, what? That He is good and He is our Father. And things will work out for our good. You've got to trust in providence. And when we trust in providence, we trust three things. God is all-powerful, God is all-wise, and God is all-good. Absolutely, we've got to bring all three things together as we focus in upon God's works in our lives. Remember that God is all-powerful, all-sovereign. God is all-wise, and God is all-good. He is all of this at the very same time. God is in absolute control of everything that is happening in your life. Number two, God is absolutely wise in how he dispenses every detail of your life. I will cry out to God most high, to God who performs all things for me. All things for me. So God is absolutely wise. How many times has this happened when you thought what was going to be good for you turned out to be bad? What you thought was going to be bad for you turned out to be good. So do you have the wisdom to figure out which of the bad things are going to turn out to be good and which of the good things will turn out to be bad? There's no way that you and I have the wisdom to know the cause and effect relationships that will bring about the wisest and the best outcome for you and to me. So God is absolutely in control of what happens. God is absolutely wise in everything he dispenses in our lives. And then number three, God is absolutely good. He is absolutely good, and He will be absolutely good in the things that He will bring about in your life and my life as well. God's hand has been good for us to this point. Keep that in mind. You've already experienced the providential goodness of God all the way to this point in your life. But also realize this. As you consider the goodness of God, consider the birds of the air. God is good to birds. God's good to bugs. Let's get back to the stinker bugs. Well, let's get back to... Oh, well, let's not talk about those bugs again, but... God is good to the bugs. God is good to the birds. You know, if God is good to the birds and the bugs, would God be good to you? Think about how many animals that he feeds all around the world. Trillions, quadrillions of animals are well taken care of by God all around the world. Here's one more thing. God is good to his enemies. Think about that. God is good to his enemies. God is gracious. God is long-suffering to his enemies. And we see this all around. Our nations are not being faithful to him, and yet God is still good to them. Will God be good to you? Given that, will God be good to you? If God is good to the birds and the stinker bugs, and God is good to his enemies, I'm asking you this question. Will God be good to you? That you have sought out his mercies, that you have pled for his mercies. You know he loves to show mercy. You know that. You know he's good to those who have not sought his mercy. So therefore, follow the logic here. If God is that good, that he is good to those 
who have not sought his mercy and do not want his mercy, and you come to him and you say, God, I need your mercy today, what do you think will happen? Amen. Amen. Let's take a moment to confess our sins. If there's been any anxiety, any doubting of the goodness of God, confess that to him this morning. Would you do that? But let's have a corporate prayer of confession together. Let's humble ourselves before God as his dear children. Let's get down on our knees before him and let's humble ourselves before our God this morning. You can bow down as well. But if you're able, let's all kneel and let's say this prayer of confession uh, together. Our Lord and our God, we are thankful that you do not deal with us according to our sins, nor punish us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is your mercy towards those who fear you. As far as the east is from the west, so far do you remove our transgressions from us. We confess that we have violated your holy law by sinful thoughts, words, and actions. We have done those things your law forbids, and we have left undone those things your word commands. We ask that you would forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, according to your promise to those who confess their sins. In the name of Christ, our Redeemer, we pray. Amen.